This podcast was recorded and produced on Wuthering Country. We acknowledge the original custodians of the land and pay respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. My name is Sean Weir. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Today, I've got two very special guests with me, John Bradshaw and Anthony Varenica uh, from a great organisation based here in Ballarat called CAFS, which if you are from Ballarat region, uh, you probably have definitely heard of CAFS. They do some amazing things for the region as well. Um, a very special podcast today. Uh, I won't go too much into it. We want to get the, uh, the professionals onto it straight away. So I would like to introduce John Bradshaw to the podcast. Welcome, mate. Thanks, Sean. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, mate. Thanks for joining us. No, pleasure. Thank you. So, yeah, thanks for having us, Sean and Anthony, as well. So, I'm the Gamblers Help Community Engagement Officer at CAFS. So, CAFS is Child and Family Services. We have over 40 programs based around uh, family services, foster care, adoption, um, but we're funded by the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation to provide the Gamblers Help Services for uh, the Grampians region. So, Ballarat, Ararat, uh, Horsham, Stall, down to Bacchus Marsh. So quite a big region. We do uh, therapeutic counselling, so that's where Anthony comes in, financial counselling services and community engagement, which is my role. So I run a school education programme called Noda Score. We go into year seven to year 12 secondary school classrooms, talk about financial literacy, so looking after your money is, you know, as kids kind of get to year 10, year 11, when they start to earn some money. We talk about the growth of online uh, betting in advertising, how it's kind of become normal in our sport to look at adverts and gambling, but it's not really a normal part of our game. It never really has been, which I'll talk about in a moment. And we also talk about the growth of gaming and gambling within our games that kids play and, and, and adults do as well. Um, so they're the three things I do within a school context. Um, and what I'll really talk about briefly before I hand over to Anthony is talking about gambling as, as a bit of a hidden harm so it doesn't always physically manifest itself like uh, drug abuse or alcohol abuse might do and mm. um, you know we, we often see gamblers and I know Anthony will talk about this when they come to us at their point of crisis and um, where they might have lost uh, money in terms of uh, not being able to pay their mortgage uh, or their credit card so we talk about that and, and, and people come to us often with financial problems first but really uh, the reason why I wanted to talk to us today, to you guys today, really, is about the um, the growth of online gambling in amongst our young people and amongst blokes in general, um, who are targeted really by you know gambling companies. Um, you'll see about sixty adverts during a game of footy. Um, it's really a casino in a pocket. I know when I was a young bloke growing up in the UK, I'd um, I'd like a little punt on the soccer every Saturday morning. I'd have to get my coat on. It'd be a day like today in Ballarat, a bit cold, a bit misty. Mm. Um, walk about 2K to the ATM to draw out some money and then uh, walk another kilometre to the TAB, put a bet on of a big complicated form. You know, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And I kind of got bored of that pretty quickly. Um, but young blokes today, really, they know the betting apps. They can name at least three of them. It's studies have proven that. And really, we call it a casino in a pocket. Mm. So they can play... Social casino games, they can go on to, you know, I won't name the sports betting companies, but they can go on to one of those very quickly. So really what I'm trying to say is we're spending more money uh, quicker than we ever have done before. Um, you know, recent studies from our funder, the foundation, has said that, um, you know, only about two years ago, the online sports betting um, market was about 5 or 6% of the total spent um, money, amount lost in Australia. Getting closer to 50-50 now with the pokies. So wow. we, yeah, we lost just under six billion bucks um, in 2017, 18, 
to all forms of gambling in Victoria. But yeah, the online market is really one to be aware of. Um, so yeah, that, that's my role. Just kind of, it's, it's a public health issue, I suppose, is the last thing I'd like to say that um, you know we, we try to improve the health of the population rather than you know targeting a gambler per se. So uh, that's why the schoolwork is really good, and you know speaking to you know great organisations like the Shaka Project is really helpful to get the message out about um, gambling harm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'll chip in throughout the podcast about you know what gambling harm is and um, how it's a, a problem for for all of us to really solve in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I think it's such a great um, thing to bring up because, you know, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago um, about the possibility of doing this podcast and I said to you that it's, it's something that we haven't touched on a whole lot here with the Shaka Project. You know, we do a lot of drug and alcohol stuff um, and, you know, generalised, uh, you know, mental health, you know, triggers and, 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 and the like, but we've never really delved into that gambling. But it, it obviously is something that um, has massive effect on a lot of people, not only the person that's doing the gambling, but the people around them, and and you know that obviously leads on to mental health issues, which is obviously what we're uh, we're trying to um, to talk about more. And I think it's such a great thing that we can actually sit here and talk about it. And and like some of those facts that you just uh, you just told me, then I was I'm completely surprised. But when you think about it, you know it's so easy now to to jump on and put a bet on. Um, and you know you're right. Well, even when I turned 18, I remember filling in the, the form at the TAB and then having to put it up. And I'm pretty sure it didn't work the first 10 times because I, <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. And, yeah. um, but now it is. It's so easy. You can you can put a bet on within two minutes. Yeah. You know, even shorter. So um, as technology's grown, it's become easier to do a lot of things. And some of those things are amazing. You know, you can get food delivered to your door within 10 minutes which i'm pretty happy about but <laughs> but um yeah. you know uber eats is great but then you look at on the on the flip side of of the, this sort of stuff and you know it's it's so easy to lose um and so easy to get into that um you know that addiction of gambling and the addiction of of online tra- uh, online um you know betting and stuff like that as well because it is literally in your pocket isn't it it is and, and punters don't really go to the tab anymore they, they don't they just don't need to so yeah. um yeah, they're spending money quicker, and 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 the advertising as well. You know, you you watch the adverts on TV or on social media for the betting companies. They're always the funniest adverts, right? Yeah. So they're they're funny. They appeal to young blokes. They know that young blokes are prone to um, poor decision making, and and you know when they is it the prefrontal cortex, Anthony? It's it not is. properly it is. formed, and you know, and they're you know prone to risk taking behaviour. So they're kind of they work on your psychology as well. So um, yeah. So yeah, it's really important that we kind of raise this issue and 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 educate um, both children and and young people about um, about the perils, I suppose. And I suppose the last thing I'll say is, you know, eighty percent of us in Australia don't gamble. Well, gamble really, really infrequently. You know, a punt on the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. You know, the odd bet here and there, which is absolutely fine. It's that kind of we we it's on a continuum gambling harm. So it's that moderate and high level harms, which is quite similar to levels of smoking. So about the same people smoke in Australia that that gamble. Um, and kind of, you know, those moderate level of harm, people are spending more money and more time. And I'm sure Anthony will talk about this as well. It's not always the money that we lose; it's the time that we that we lose when we when we talk to um, our loved our loved ones. You know, we don't spend that time with our loved ones. You know, and there's about five or six significant others affected others for one person's gambling, which is a, uh, you know, our, our help services not just for the gambler, but they're for people who are affected by other people's gambling as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Anthony, um, you're obviously in the same sort of area, but you do a little bit more 
um, more personal approach. Is that That's right? That's right. So yep. thanks for having us today, Sean, and at the Shaka Project. And um, so my role is basically as a therapist, a psychotherapist or a counsellor. Um, so we have referrals coming in through our central intake at CAFs or self-referred through different agencies. Um, people refer themselves, sorry, um, into our program. Now, as John just mentioned, we have two people, or two main cohorts that come in to see us. They're the person who gamble or the person who is affected by the person who gambles. So we, we like John said, the affected other. Mm. So often that's a spouse of someone who gambles or a child or a parent of someone who gambles. And they're really coming in. And as John mentioned earlier, they're at crisis point. They've just blown a whole bunch of money over the weekend. And that's often the times we'll get referrals, Monday or Tuesday morning. Um, we generally get referrals all through the week, but Mondays and Tuesdays are often our peak times if we are to get referrals. So they're really coming in looking for help. How do we manage this problem, this addiction of gambling? And our role, there's three of us counsellors in CAFs that work in this space. Our role is to really walk beside people in their journey in how they manage this problem. Yeah, yeah fantastic. And I, I think that's, again, this is such an eye-opening for me because obviously I knew that there was a lot of um, you know, gambling help, gambling help. Uh, you know, service and stuff out there. But you know, I didn't really think about the um, the services available to help the people around that that person affected. So the family members yeah. that are missing. You know, not only the money, but the the person as well. You know, it's obviously going to affect the uh, the person's mental health and and who they are and um, the way they act and 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 things alike. And then. The people that are surrounding them that they lose time you know whether yeah. they're always betting or they're, they're off somewhere else or um or something like that too so it's great to have a service that you can actually not only um you know have that conversation with the actual you know person that is doing the gambling and wants right. to help but the people that are surrounding them and i think that's another we we get a lot of that um through the shaka project is we get a lot of people messaging us not only ones that are suffering but people that can see someone suffering Correct. And want advice, so they, 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 you know, they're like, I'm doing fine, but my partner or my, my father, my brother, my cousin, whoever it might be, um, they're really struggling, and I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. what can we do to to help them out? What can we do to do this and to do that? And I think that's one big thing that a lot of people don't um, don't think about too much is the effect that uh, these things have, whether it be gambling, mental health, drug and alcohol, has on the people around the yeah. um, around the person that's going through that. And um, it's great to see some organisations that are, that are providing that help for the people around them too. Yeah, and I guess on that point, Sean, we probably have 30% of our client base are the affected others. So yep. there are a lot of people who are greatly impacted by the, the harms of gambling. And you know, we hear stories of relationships breaking down, parents losing you know, children. Um, so there's a whole bunch of social impacts that happen through the, the harm of gambling. Um, people losing businesses, losing homes, relationships so the money is really fundamental to all of this but the relationships are actually like a much more deep problem in that respect as well yeah absolutely and yeah i I completely agree with the you know the relationship it's as i said before when it comes down to um someone going through something again whether it be gambling mental health drug and alcohol whatever it might be um that relationship breakdown that happens through that period is it's most of the time it's going to have an even bigger negative effect on that person and on that you know that family or the group of friends or or whatever it might be you know there's nothing worse than you feeling like you're at rock bottom and then um you know your friends sort of saying look i don't know what to do i can't help you i need to you know distance myself that's not going to help you in any way shape or form so um 
yeah, it's, it's super important. We try and promote it as much as we can, especially with the mental health realm. Is that if you know if your friend's going through some something or your your family member, your partner, um, that yes, you, you're doing your best to look after them, but make making sure that you're looking after yourself at the same time. And um, you know, it's it's you don't have to be the the tough one 100 percent of the time, which is what we try and promote heaps as well. You know, you, it's great to be a supporting role in in your family. Um, but you can't be that supporting role every time because at the end of the day, it's going to drain you. It's going to, it's going to take your toll on you, um, and then it could really damage any sort of relationship you have as well. Yeah. And I guess at that point, Sean, as well, you know where you start and where the services start as well, and Absolutely. how much you can contribute to someone's health and well-being. And you know, being in the sporting world, if you've got an injury, you can ice it. Yeah. But if that injury doesn't get better, something else ha- has to happen. You need to seek professional support. So. Knowing where you start and where the health professionals start as well. So yeah. Knowing your own limitations in that respect is really important. Um, being available to your friends is really important, but also knowing that there are services available. You know, specifically in Gambler's Health, we've got a service that's available for people. Yeah. Um, like there are AOD services available as well, alcohol and other drug services. So it's the same sort of thing. And I think that's where the Shaka Project do such a good job, Sean, just to plug you for a moment. <laughs> you know, you, you're really good at saying... That what Anthony has just mentioned, you know, that if if if, if you bugger up your finger or your hand, you'd seek help from a doctor. Whereas if you've got a problem with that, the way you're feeling or thinking, as blokes we don't, often don't do that. Yeah. And just normalising that as well as as a as an illness, the same way as an injury, is I think really important. Yeah, absolutely. And and thinking about that, um, you know, our behaviours often, you know, when we look like when we look at. Our, our life when we are going through these mental health issues and I it's you know personally I did the exact same thing um when I was going through a really really tough time I looked at everything that was going through in my life and you know there was alcohol and drugs involved it was bad relationships involved and when you look at these things um you know singly and individually it sort of makes sense and you think well this is you know this is why I'm going down such a bad road mm. um and maybe you know gambling is one of those things that people don't really look at and don't really sort of you know look into you know I I know plenty of mates that um, would punt you know every day or every every couple of days and mm. you know it doesn't trigger straight away that that could be related to you know some sort of mental health or yeah. um, or some sort of you know bad sort of lane that they may be going down so um, that we can talk about that and and include that in the in the discussion not only AOD and um, and you know what's going on through their life but adding that that uh, that gambling realm as well and in that point as well there's a a sort of train of thought that says that gambling drugs alcohol food sex whatever it is are often a secondary problem to something deeper yeah so we're talking about family crises as a child trauma um, relationship breakdowns grief all of these things that can sit under the surface and what people can often do is adopt one of those areas as a way to solve their problem if that makes Absolutely, sense. So yeah. we're not demonising gambling, we're not demonising drinking, um, done in moderation, all of those things are absolutely fine. But like John said, there's 20% of people in our population that fall into what we call harmful gambling. Yeah. And that's often a mask, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have clients that say, well, I go to the pokies, I zone out. Well, what does that say? It says, I don't want to really face my emotions. I can't face those feelings at the moment. I need something to help me escape from those things. It's like a suva, right? It is. It's what we would call, in a technical term, emotional regulation. You know, how do I make myself feel better? In you know, lay terms, how do I make myself feel better? 
well, how do I just switch off those bad things that's happened, those bad feelings yeah. that I'm feeling at the moment? Um, you know, I've heard phrases like autopilot, zoning out, things like that. And the research shows that when you gamble, it actually has a similar impact on the brain that heroin has. Yeah, right. You know, so yeah. often one of the ideas is that we use these types of things as a way to suit ourselves. It's a solution. But once we dig a bit deeper, we get to a core problem that might be a traumatic childhood. It might be a relationship that's just failed. So there's usually something underneath the problem gambling in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, okay. So question, and you, you can both sort of have your your, um, your thoughts on this, but as a uh, as an example, so if, if a, mate, um, a mate's worried about, you know, their mate might be putting a bit too much on the punt or um, doing it too regularly, when is when's a good time for you know we we often speak about being that mate that breaks the ice and being that mate that ignites that conversation again based around mental health drugs and alcohol um being that mate that says uh you know maybe let's not get on the gear tonight let's not get on the piss you know you've mm. had a really w- rough week mm. we're not going to drink tonight because it's going to make you feel worse being that mate that can sort of stand up to your mate in a way to protect them protect you um but when's it when's a time that you believe is a, an appropriate time for your mate to to have that conversation or to start that conversation? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that any of these conversations happen in, this, in the context of uh, relationships and safety. And if, your mate, if you don't feel safe and comfortable with your mate, then it would be tricky to do that. Absolutely. Um, I think in a male context, we often have troubles owning up to our own stuff. So I think... Coming across in a, in a, a, timing is a real factor, isn't it? Like you said, that, the question is around when is the best time to do that? The best time to do it, I think, is when you feel, you know, men, well, people in general have a gut feeling of when this is right to do something. Yeah. And I would encourage gut feelings to, to manifest into a conversation. And those conversations aren't out of a place of judgment, but out of a place of concern. You know, so, mate, I give a shit about what's going on in your life at the moment, but this is what I'm noticing. You know, and I think the Are You OK campaign has been fantastic in, in that respect. They're yep. saying, hey, I've just noticed this. Are you OK? It's what they call seed planting, right? So it's often not explicit about the yeah. gambling. It's like, oh, mate, you know, you, you, didn't, have no, you didn't have enough money to pay for, for tea tonight. Or, yeah. or um, yeah. you know, what's going on? You know, is there something, something wrong? You know, so it's kind of that walking alongside someone. Yeah. And I used to be a teacher. And when we used to talk to kids who were having issues, we'd always just go for a walk rather than sat down across the desk like this, the old walk and talk is really, really good. You don't, you don't always need to look someone in the eye. No, you right. can walk alongside and have that conversation where things come out. Um, you know, I'll do that with my kids. I'll take them out for tea once a week and you know, we'll, we'll wander up to Macca's and get an ice cream afterwards. And it's when you have that walk with someone that those conversations yeah. tend to come out when someone's in mm. a safe space. But it's, yeah, if you, I think if you reach out to a mate and say, oh mate, you're on a punt too much, you're going to get that defensive answer correct yeah but if yeah. you you know if you frame it in the right way may it really care about you you know um you know you're skint again or you're not coming out you're withdrawing you know um yeah. what's going on is there anything that we can help you with you know and um I'm doing it like that and and really quickly as well just kind of on an associated point you know i, I do a lot of work with with schools also with um, sports clubs as well and, and the culture within clubs you know sometimes that's an area where you know the language can kind of be reframed as well where Clubs have a really, really good positive culture about looking after each other. But, um, 
you know, sometimes it can be really manifest in the wrong way in terms of alcohol and drugs and drinking and, and gambling, and that can come out as well sometimes. So, um, mm. you know, you know yourself, Sean, and, and I, I play soccer. You know, we have a real responsibility to to look after our mates in that context as well. So, what I'm trying to say is that's often a really good environment to have those, you know, walk and talk conversations too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you mentioned John about language being really important and you know defensiveness. So not going in there hard about what the problem is, but just I think the word noticing is really helpful. I've noticed this has been happening, and if you are concerned about your friend, you've obviously noticed something. Yeah. And it might not be that that first time you raise it with your buddy that they might talk about it, but they know that you're you're there for them. And then, you know, you can bring that up again or you can even talk to them about your own struggles and they know that they're not alone. Yeah, yeah, that's important. So I do a school program about kids and gaming and gambling. And um, a question I often get asked by a parent or by a teacher or by an older student is, you know, should I just take the device off, off the child? That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. But what you can do is you can understand the problem. You can understand what they like about that game and what they um, don't like about it and how it makes them feel. And it translates over to gambling. What do you like about this, you know, sports bet or whatever it is? Um, how does it make you feel? You know, kind of going a bit deeper into those emotions. And when you've got a good mate, you can do that. So, yeah. Well, that comes back to the context of relationship. You know, yeah. when you've got that security of friendship and if it feels like it's safe, someone will hopefully open up about it. Now, it's different for me as a therapist. We have people who refer themselves to come into our office and talk about their problems. On the other side of the coin, when you're talking about sort of being a street counsellor, you're just being available for your friend. And, Absolutely. And I think letting them know that you're available, um, you know, you may not get anywhere, but you might get to a point where you say, well, I saw this gambler's health ad and, you know, that, that might be a good place to go. I'll come with you, you know, yeah. your first appointment. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And John, you mentioned before, like, culture, and I think that's a big thing um, when it comes to a lot of different... Uh, different issues you know whether it be uh social media drugs alcohol um you know you spend 10 minutes on facebook and you're confronted with you know drinking ads and drinking videos and drugs and 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 gambling and you know things alike do you think that's a um i mean it's a probably a very obvious answer but do you think that is a major driver um in the trends that we're seeing with gambling yeah 100 percent. yeah I mean, I'm not a counsellor like Anthony, but we only have to look at social media uh, to see how, you know, we're bombarded of adverts morning, noon and night, and young people especially, and blokes, you know, and as I said before, they're always the funniest adverts, you know, um, multis, they offer you the kind of bets that are high risk, you know, you're going to, you know, high risk but high reward, Yeah. So, but, but low outcome, so, you know, you're unlikely to win you know, a really, really big multi, but, you know, you're bombarded with those kind of adverts and, and free bets. So the language there kind of permeates into um, into your psyche, really. And, you know, we, if we had more time, we could go into a really in-depth conversation about social media and, you know, mindless scrolling. You've probably done it already in the past, in past podcasts, but, um, yeah, you can really kind of get carried away. And it's back to that soothing, isn't it? You know, yes. that kind of just doing something for 20 minutes every morning to to pass the time and really you could get up and go for a run or you could do something else or you could spend some time with your kids or um but it's hard with social media you know especially when you know you mentioned the word gambling um i get loads of social media adverts about gambling because of my job yeah. you know um whereas if, if you're on the punt a bit too much you're going to be bombarded in the same way as well so it can be hard to escape so providing those alternative recreation opportunities whether it's sport or spending time with the kids mm -hmm. is really really important and on that cultural lens as well, you know, drinking is a huge part of our culture. 
and drinking is intertwined with sports yeah. and sports is now intertwined with gambling and mm. what we see in the therapy space is that people who come in with gambling issues often have um, issues with drinking as well and a lot of my clients particularly blokes who are in their sort of 30s and early 40s will say well when I get on the piss a bit too hard when I'm drinking a bit too hard it's a lot easier to gamble a bit more absolutely and a bit yeah. more and a bit more so I know for a fact that clients who excessively drink and we know in the AOD space that four drinks or more four standard drinks is considered a binge yeah um, once they get to that space um, like John mentioned earlier the prefrontal cortex of the brain where consequential thinking happens goes offline yeah and it's much easier to say I'll have another punt mm. and then you've got the issue around mob mentality hanging out with your buddies everybody's doing it you know, yeah, if yeah. I've had clients to say, I would feel really, really bad if I was the only, you know, friend in our circle of friends that stops gambling. Yeah. Because every week the boys are out in the punt, Friday night after work, we get out in the punt. And if I'm the only guy sitting there who's not doing it, yeah, I'm not going to feel like I'm a part of the group anymore. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said before about relationships, you know, yeah. being comfortable, being in your group of mates and yeah. not wanting to drink, do drugs or, or yeah. gamble. It's, it's such yeah. a big thing. And, yeah. and having a group of mates that will accept it and you know you're probably going to cop a bit of flack yeah. um but if you can be that person that has that conversation and says look boys i'm i feel like i'm going down a bit of a hole with this gambling or yeah. with this with this drinking or drug taking um so i'm gonna have a break or i'm gonna i'm gonna cut out completely or, or this or that or um and having those group of mates that will will uh trust that relationship enough to be able to you know accept that and we, we had this the same sort of podcast a couple of weeks ago um, where we t spoke about the effect of doing that and you know if you if you are that mate in the group that does that um, and you know five or five out of six of your mates think yep no worries that's fine and the other mate said oh actually I've been wanting to do that for a while and I've been too scared to tell the boys yeah. I'm going to do it with you and then it's just sort of a bit of a rolling effect yeah. um, of, of things you could change in that relationship so it's a super powerful thing to do, but it, obviously it's pretty scary um, to be that person in the group to say, no, boys, I'm not going to go to the punt tonight or I'll come have a beer and I'm not going to punt. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine how scary it would be to, to be in that situation and to sort of try and keep that relationship with your mates and not have that, that social pressure. It's scary and I've seen it, sorry, Sean, to cut you off, but yeah. in my work, some of the blokes I've worked with have actually taken that step and sort of, I guess, confessed or owned up to their group and... They've been surprised that it hasn't been that bad. And one of their mates has said, yeah, I've, I've noticed that you've um, been struggling and I've been struggling too. You know, So it can be quite inspiring for someone to take that step, but scary as hell at the same time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, um, it's a big step and I think it's a, it's a real conversation starter. There's something you can have, like obviously some pretty um, short term might have some pretty crappy effects, but long term can have some really positive yeah. effects. Not only, again, not only on yourself, but on the people around you, your mates, your family, friends, um, and obviously your general health yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, going into sort of, uh, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about culture and pressure and, and stuff like that. Um, do you think that because it's, it, it's, it's gotten a lot easier for people to gamble, um, it's opened up like new markets of people that can actually gamble? You know, as I said, when I, when I was 18, um, you know, me and my mates, pretty much that was the first thing we do, did when we were, you know, legal. We went straight to the TAB and, um, you know, we, we picked bars to go to. If we, were go if we were going out on Friday night, we picked bars that had a TAB just for that reason. Um, but then, you know, my old man, 
I don't think he even knows how to put a bet on. So do you think it's a um, a, a, a sort of a uh, generational thing that it's gonna it's gonna surpass or it's gonna get worse or um, it's gonna go through or? Yeah, I can talk to that definitely. It's kids, so yeah. um, young people are exposed to gambling at a much earlier age than than we were as young people, mm. and you, Sean, as a slightly younger person than yeah. us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I spoke at the start about gaming. You know, there's gambling elements within about 85, 90% of the games that kids play and, and adults play as well um, in terms of things like loot boxes and skins, which are elements within games where you can un- literally unwrap a box, but you're paying money for that. And that meets, that meets the remit for gambling, which is when you're paying money for something, you don't know what you're going to get. Now, these loot boxes can either enhance your game or it can mean nothing to your game. Yeah. Um, so that's gambling in one aspect. And, and skins uh, are another aspect where, do you know what I mean by skins? Is that like a yeah, thing yeah. you're aware of? Or yeah, yeah. I, uh, st- seven-year-old stepson plays the, um, yeah. uh, what's it called? The uh, 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 ro- Roblox. Tra- Roblox. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. get in trouble for that. It's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Mate, it's a new field of study for me. I've learned loads, I tell you. And the kids are the experts. What I'll say, the kids are the experts in their own learning on this. So I go to a school and I, I um, teach the lesson and they often just take it over and tell me everything I need to know, like, you know, my graphics are too old or too shit, you know. <laughs> They're correcting you. They're correcting me all the time, I tell you. Yeah. But um, skins is uh, you buy basically a, yeah, a suit of armour or something, you know, some, a, a fancy cover for your knife in a battle-style game. has absolutely no influence on your game. It doesn't make you better at a game. It's all cosmetic, right? Yeah. It's all this kind of, you know, looking good. And after a while, kids get, you know, they, they've had enough of this skin, so they, they can trade it. So it's actual gambling. Some of them are quite valuable. So they, they're, they're gambling in new ways. And the other quick one as well is, is social casino games. So things like Candy Crush and those games you see on social media. And that's when you, you actually pay. They're not gambling as such, but they are a gateway to, to gambling of real money. So you're spending money to get up levels in those games, but you can never cash out. You can never win yeah. money. But what they do is they give you an inflated sense of confidence. So you might play an online pokey style game where you're not playing for real money, but you're getting more credits. You're getting, you know, higher up in levels in the game and the issue with that is is that you think oh I'm really good at this so then I'll go down to the pokies and I'll, I'll bet at the pokies and because I can play that game and I'm really good yeah. at it that will translate over to the pokies the sense of transferable yeah. skills or transferability that yeah that's yeah. right yeah. yeah so just to give you know one last stat before I hand over to Anthony for, for a more in-depth view maybe but um, Black Rhinos at the pokies you know the top prize on that is 6,000 bucks and the odds of winning top prize, what do you reckon? What do you reckon the odds are? I'll be pretty, pretty... One in how many? Oh, oh I couldn't even, couldn't even guess. All right, all right. <laughs> 9.6 million. Wow. Wow. So you're yeah, not right. going to win the jackpot. Yeah. You know, and we, again, we could have another podcast just on the pokies, but, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's unlikely you're going to win the jackpot. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, long-winded answer to the, to the question is that, you know, it's, it's young people who are really the, the harmful, and, and blokes mainly 18 to 25 where they're kind of... Again, prone to that risk-taking behaviour. Yeah, and following on to that as well, you know, we talked earlier, Sean, you mentioned about the accessibility of the internet and how great it is. You can have Uber Eats come to your door in 10 minutes and we are so much more connected. I read a lot of books. I can have an e-book on my tablet in 30 seconds, yeah. which is fantastic. But in the same token, you know, I think that gambling is very similar to pornography. Once upon a time, you had to walk into an explicit bookshop or, you know, wherever it was to buy your porn. Yeah. Now it's all on your phone. Now gambling's all on your phone as well. You needed to walk into venues. 
you needed to walk into TABs or the trots or wherever, wherever it was mm. to go and have a punt. Now you can wake up at three in the morning and have a punt. And I've got clients that punt globally. You know, there's global syndicates of different gambling um, formats, you know, with the NBA and the NFL and a whole bunch of sports everywhere in yeah. the world. Um, so the accessibility is just at your fingertips. And um, that has significantly shifted in the last 10 years with smartphones as well. And just on that as well, you know, COVID was the real um, boom for online betting, you Correct. know, for a, yeah. for a couple of reasons. Number one, in the first lockdown, there was no sports, right? But the online markets found a way to, to get us to spend money. Um, you know, betting on ScoMo's tie. I remember that. All yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, and betting on Belarusian basketball or, you know, Singaporean table tennis. Sports yeah. we knew nothing about and people were doing that, mm. you know. And there was a, a really good data analytics um, agency, Alpha Beta. And what they did was they, they analysed what we spent our money on during COVID, right? And you can bet... Well, the first one, you can bet, there you go, it's infiltrated into us now. Um, online food deliveries, <laughs> Uber Eats was going off the market, yeah. but online gambling wasn't far behind, you know, and um, the, the boom for the online market was July 2020, and when I had a bit of a dig around that, it was for a couple of reasons, and which is quite sad, it's when we were able to take more money out of our super, yeah. and it was when we got our second stimulus payment, you know, yeah. the JobKeeper, the JobSeeker payment, so people were using that money not everyone, but using that money for, you know, the more kind of uh, insidious means for, for gambling. Um, and, you know, there were some good benefits to COVID as well in terms of the pokies. You know, obviously, Anthony, you know, some clients would say that there's a bit of a reset for them, wasn't it? A bit it, of a cold it turkey. It was, um, particularly um, that older cohort that had been stuck in the pokies for 10, 15 years, 20 years. They had had a break from it. Um, COVID yeah. gave them that break that, you know, we have a program called self-exclusion where people ban themselves from venues, but what COVID did was give everybody a break yeah. in pokies. Um, but I guess going back to the previous point around gambling, I've had clients say to me that I've been gambling so long, it's no, it, I don't really care anymore about the gambling. I don't get, I can gamble on anything and it wouldn't matter. So it's no, no longer about the thing you're gambling on, it's more about the rush, yeah. about the thrill, about the expectation, you know, this thrill-seeking behaviour. So if you're gambling on ScoMo's tie or some Russian... Mm. basketball competition or some Taiwanese ping pong competition it didn't really matter yeah. as long as I was gambling yeah. and it's similar to someone who no longer cares if I'm drinking a really lovely craft beer I just want to get pissed yeah 100% same thing with drugs too it's, yeah. it's you know I don't I don't even know what this pill is but yeah. it's going to give me a rush like yeah. the last one did so That's I'm right. going to I'm going to have that so yeah. yeah I completely get that do you do you believe that obviously the the sporting agencies and um, sport betting agencies and stuff? That do you, do you think they have some sort of you know obviously they they promote responsible gambling, but um, at the same token uh, advertising on every sort of platform that they can get on. Um, do you think it's a uh, a responsibility of especially for young people? You know, um, I've obviously got two two young kids and just sort of going through that that skin stuff has sort of triggered my sort of mind a little bit as well um what what can parents can do to you know kids going through either the teenage years um or going into that sort of young adult to again as you said before not say you are never allowed to bet you're never allowed to go to the TAB with your mates um but just a bit of education yeah sure no, i'm really glad you said that that you're not allowed to do that ever because that's the worst thing you can say to a child you know it's, it's going to have the opposite effect but um walking the journey with them so if they're a gamer 
saying to them, okay, what do you love about this game? Sit down with them, play the game with them, understand it as much as you can, mm. and then and then let them talk, listen, you know, actually be be empathetic with their with their their reasons why they love it, the reasons why they hate it. Mm. You know, there's so many positive aspects to gaming that that you know we always see the, the kind of the bad aspect, you know, when they're on it too much and. And start to develop a bit of a, a, a contract's probably the wrong word, but a bit of an agreement where you can walk that journey alongside them, you know. Mm. Alongside, and, and sorry, Anthony, but okay. one more thing is is, is modelling the behaviour that you'd like to see in them as well. So, you know, if you're telling them not to have their console in their bedroom, don't go into your room at night and have your phone on, you know, um, in your room. Don't have your phone in your room because... Um, you know, it's kind of double standards, really. So it's all that kind of basic kind of stuff where you you walk in the journey alongside them, and that's that's probably a good starting point. And I guess sort of on the other side of the fence with what John just said, when we get clients walking into our office, we never say to our clients, "Okay, you need to stop gambling." Yeah. You know, we always, um, I guess, negotiate a set of goals and what clients want out of therapy. So some clients want to quit gambling, and that's they come in there knowing they want to stop and they know they need to stop. Other clients will say, well, I want to minimise my spend. You know, I want to get back to a point where I'm in more control of it. And I guess that's what John's saying in a way. You know, we're not taking away things from... We don't want to take away things from children or adults or anybody. It's not our role to do that. It's more we want to get out of the place of harmful behaviours um, and harmful intentions. Yeah, mm, yeah absolutely. It's, um, it's a really good way of looking at it as well. And I think that'll probably bring a lot of comfort to people um that want to seek help as well um you know they may be scared to i don't want to call gamblers help because they're just going to say just stop just stop gambling and um you know if you just say they're not going to do that and you know you guys at cafs are not going to do that they're gonna you know it's all about um you know your journey and and taking that journey with you i think that might make people feel a lot more comfortable so um in that realm you know how, how do people make contact with uh with yourself cafs obviously if you're, you're local there's obviously people listening that may not be from the uh, Ballard or, or sort of regional Victoria, but how do people sort of reach out? Yeah, sure. So there's a, a variety of different ways, but it's really quite quite simple. If you're in the Grampians region, so as I said at the start of the podcast, Ballarat, Ararat, Horsham, Stall, Bacchus Marsh, Dalesford, basically the Grampians region, um, the Ballarat number is 5337 or you can email welcome at CAFS, so C-A-F-S dot org dot A-U. You can also go via the um, state-based provider as well, which is Gambler's Help. So we've spoken about Gambler's Help quite a lot. So that's just, you can Google Gambler's Help or it's just www.gamblershelp.org.au and there's a 1800 number there as well, which is 1800 858 858. And that number there is the sort of helpline that people can access. I think it's 24-7. 24-7, free, confidential, um, no wait list for our services either. So whether it's therapeutic counselling or or financial counselling, and um, that's really, really good. I will also say as well about financial counselling as well, we, we, we're funded by Consumer Affairs Victoria, so you don't have to be a gambler to access our services for financial counselling. Okay. So that's something important to note as well. Often it's a, a bit of a, what do we, like a, like a gateway, I suppose, Anthony, yeah, for uh, other uh, services. It's a soft entry point, and, and I guess going back to male um, sort of help-seeking behaviour, men might not want to come and see a therapist straight away. Yeah. But if their finances are going down the gurgle a bit, they might seek help through a financial counsellor. And then through that pathway, a financial counsellor might say, have you considered, you know, maybe seeing a therapist? It sounds like things are a bit chaotic. And, and they, our financial counsellors are attuned to 
you know, broader problems than just financial issues. So they may refer onto us as well. Yeah. So it's another avenue into our services if they need it. And also the, the work that I do as well, Sean, is, is more kind of that public health, you know, reaching populations and, and communities as well. So, you know, there's anyone listening who works in a school or is part of a sporting organisation who recognises this as a problem, maybe for them, but also more broadly around, you know, classrooms or sporting clubs, you know, feel free to... Um, to reach out to us as well at CAFS, and that's just via that welcome at cafs.org.au email. Just outline what um, kind of help they'd like from from myself in my role. I do you know, school presentations, speak to workplaces as well. So more than happy to come out and talk. Yeah, and on a, on that last point as well, people, we do have people walk into the office into reception and ask to speak to somebody, and you know they might meet with me and take worker, you know, on that day if they're available. So that is the sort of last point of contact as well. Yeah, and that's what we always say. There's, there's many ways to find help, you know, and, and as, a, as a gambler or as someone affected by someone else's gambling, you know, you're the consumer, so you find what works for you. It might be you want to talk to Anthony or, or Anthony might not, you know, be the best fit for you, so you might need to speak to a financial counsellor yeah. or another therapeutic counsellor or if you want to find out just more about the issue so you can actually help your mates. Yeah. You know, go onto the Gambler's Help website. There's loads, if you want to research the issue and get all the stats I've mentioned today, it's all in the public domain on there, so... It may well be that you don't have a problem, but you know you want to help your organisation or your community, and that's where the website can come in, and, and I can help as well. Yeah, and, and as I, I think I touched on earlier, if there's a few nerves about coming in to seek help as well, we've had clients come in with a mate or with a partner, and they just come in and sit in the first session and just really get an idea of what we're up to, and um, yeah, I guess have a warm handover in that respect. So they're not doing it by themselves. Yeah, and we um, we also as well. Um, cater for like culturally and linguistically diverse communities and Aboriginal communities as well. So we provide tailored services for, for different communities. So, you know, while, you know, um, you know, I've mentioned before that the, the issue seems to be around, you know, blokes, it's, there's certain risk factors for different, for different areas of the population that are more um, at risk for gambling harm. And that includes, you know, our culturally and linguistically diverse communities and, and Aboriginal clients. You know, I've got a whole list here, you know, AOD, not completing year 12, um, trauma backgrounds, contact of youth justice. So you know, we understand that different areas of our of our community have different needs, and we can cater to that as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I'll, I'll put all those details um, in the uh, in the description of the podcast. So if you do want to make contact, you can jump on there and, uh, and make contact with the guys or with uh, with Gambler's Help. Before we go, guys, anything else you want to uh, leave as a note? I'll just say I'll put thanks on the to the project as well. <laughs> well. I think you guys are doing great work in the space of male mental health. It's been a real um, interest of mine as a therapist. Um, so I just want to say hats off to you guys and thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'd echo that as well. You do really good work about just getting mental health out in the public domain. And that, I suppose that's it, public health, you know, having yeah. a conversation, breaking that normalisation of, of, of gambling and online betting within sport it's not a normal part of sport so let's let's try and interrupt that normalization and having these conversations are a great way of doing that yeah and, and i guess tuning into your friends being available being accessible and you know yep. yeah that relationship that the relationships are what really counts and you know we care about our mates um that's what we do we keep an eye on each other We've got a, um, just before we go, we've got a, a advertising campaign going on at the moment and kind of ties in really nicely to what we've spoken about throughout the last, geez, however long it's been. Yeah, um, 43 minutes. There you go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the tagline is talk to someone who gets it. So that's probably like gambler's help services, but it can also be equated to you guys as well, you know, talking to a mate who gets it. Um, 
who can listen, who can understand, and if, if, if need be, who can refer on to us as well. Yeah, and I think we sort of lastly touched upon this earlier. You, you know, some people may not need our professional services, but talking to a mate may be the thing that helps them. Yeah. So I would say never underestimate the power of friendships. Absolutely. You know, because before there were professional therapists, we had community, you know. Yeah, spot on. So before we had professionals, we had community and we had relationships. And um, somewhere along the way in our mass individualism, we, um, we lost that a bit, so. Yeah, yeah, never, no, never understand, uh, understand, never understand, never underestimate uh, relationship or a conversation or yeah. um, or a friendship. Absolutely, hundred percent. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate you both coming in. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of people that take a lot from this episode, but um, you know, as we just said, you know, have that conversation with your mates, have that conversation with yourself. Um, all the details for CAFs and Gamblers Help will be put in the uh, in the description of this podcast. Um, but if you uh, if you do want to make contact, please uh, please let me know, and we can uh, we can get in contact with the guys. Once again, thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean.